the day in the life is for sure under normal circumstances is being in that open studio. And that is the community that we've created, the volunteers that we have, and the artists that participate, and you become family. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Charlie. And I'm Kyle. And today we're talking to Kelly Wharton from Art from the Streets, who is mm-hmm. a former volunteer and now executive director. And for those of you who don't know what Art from the Streets is, they are a nonprofit based here in Austin, Texas, that work with people experiencing homelessness here in the capital city. And they help them find a way to have artistic expression through it. And then they sell their artworks at art shows and also online for a good percentage of the uh, of the profits going directly to the artists. Definitely. They have an open space for people who want to express their artwork. And artwork is actually not only painting, but journaling, photography, really a lot of other outlets that I didn't really Mm -hmm. think about. And right now, because of COVID, they aren't doing the community art center, but they just sent out art kits for people that they have addresses of to hopefully they'll fill out the art and then send that back to them. And that will then be sold online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, speaking about uh, the address thing is that we do go into detail about the problems that those facing homelessness face. Uh, Art from the Streets is doing a great job working with what they got during COVID times to make sure that they keep everybody happy and make sure everybody's okay. Yeah. They're calling people that they have numbers of. Yeah. That's they're really going the extra mile to try to communicate with their artists. And speaking about communicating with our artists, I actually went to a art show myself. They have an annual art show that they'll be doing online this year, but I went to one of their smaller art shows at the Violent Crown Theater, where I met a few of the artists there, and they were terrific people, are so talented. You just got to check out their artwork. You can see it all on their website, artfromthestreets.org. Let's pass it to Kelly then. Art from the Streets began about 28 years ago. It's we're a grassroots, 28-year-old grassroots organization. <laughs> I don't know whether that exists, but that's who we are. We had um, three great friends that were in the arts industry and dance and music industry and looking you know, just for a way to give back to the community. They had this um, feeling they needed to be doing more. So um, they, they partnered with a nonprofit downtown. At the time, it was called The Hobo. And now it's the Arch. And um, oh, the Arch. Okay. Oh yeah, it used to be called the. Yeah, we know that. Interesting. Wow. Something our brethren. Anyway, it was before my time. Before I moved (laughs) here, for sure. So, yeah. So they started there and um, just brought some snacks and brought some pieces of paper and pencil to create. And in one of the spaces there, they had available. And really was enamored with the people that came and created. And then it blew them away the connections that they made with the people and the people that were on the streets and and the people they interacted with um, every week. So um, as that evolved and the arch and the homeless population in downtown grew more and stuff, they had to, they were, had to find another space um, because the arch needed that room. 
So mm-hmm. they moved over at that time. I think we've been at the Trinity Center probably about 12 years. So we moved over to St. David's Episcopal Church, which is just across the big parking lot at the Trinity Center, which is a another nonprofit that works in social services for people experiencing homelessness. And so they have a morning option for people to come in. You can have your mail there. You can, um, they help them um, with assessments and housing and things like that. And then they also provide some, um, I think it's a, it's a cold breakfast and um, some, you know, interactions, I think on Tuesdays and Thursdays are women's only Fridays, they do movies, you know, so just, you know, safe place to be in the mornings and also to help get you off the streets. So the afternoons are free and open in that space. So Erit Imani, a, a huge advocate for people experiencing homelessness, um, was good friends with Eloise Gold, who is a, one of our founders. And uh, Eloise was looking for the space. Erit goes, the space needs to be used every afternoon. Let's make it happen. So um, we started there. We were there on Tuesdays and Thursdays for like two hours to, to paint create. And so for many years, that's what we did. We raised money through the City of Austin grant. <laughs> for art supplies and we had one annual show and that was the end of the year and sold art um, to give income to the artists that created. Yeah, so that's where we where I started about 10 years ago volunteering. Yeah, I was looking for a space to just to reach out in a different place. I'd been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years and it was time my kids were growing up and yeah, I was done with booster clubs and PTA and I really felt I needed to do something more. And, and I tell the story every time, but it's still so very true. We sit at the dinner table. My family has, you know, the kids come home from school. They have great stories. They have things to talk about. My husband has a great job. He does great things to talk about. And, you know, I mm. have, um, I cleaned the, you know, the baseboards in the house today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have nothing. I got nothing to talk about. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I really, I really needed more. You know, I, I, my kids didn't need me as much. Everybody had something and it was time for me to kind of um, pivot and adjust myself and, and what I did outside of the home. So, yeah, so I started volunteering. Um, my, my sister-in-law and I started a little, um, a little group that um, followed mobile loaves and fishes around when Alan Graham was feeding um, in downtown Austin, um, big trucks, he'd come in and have grill and stuff and we'd in a little trailer that had art supplies and we called it mobile arts and wishes and um, we whenever he went and fed downtown we opened up this little trailer and put out art supplies and painted and created with people and that was a blast and we did that for a couple of years and and I, that's when we reached out and I found out about art from the streets um, imagine art some other smaller organizations in Austin that work with people with disabilities or homelessness and um, I really connected with Art from the Streets. I really connected with the group. I really connected with the people that were running it. It just it just pulled me in. And my sister-in-law decided to start a gallery in South Austin called Art for the People. And so great gallery with a lot of very amazing local artists. And so then I started jumping in to help with the annual show for Art from the Streets. And um, hmm. then I had some fun things to talk about at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. If anybody has younger kids, you sit at the dinner table. And we went, as my family went, you went person to person. How was your day? What's a good story mm-hmm. to tell today? You no, know? and that's what that's what we do. So I, I have I had fun things to talk about. So anyway, I, I worked with the with the annual show. I'm kind of a logistics person, and efficiency is is my middle name. So I we mm-hmm. were, were able to get that the prep and the art show. 
And I was very excited to be a part of all of that. I loved and still love being in open studio and connecting with the people every day. I, I think it, it moves me outside of the bubble that I live in. And I needed that as a person. I needed to, to do something more. So yeah, so I, so I did that for a few years. We started a board. They weren't even a nonprofit when I began 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a group of friends. And I mean, that's, yeah. beautiful. that's a beautiful thing. You know? It is. They got together, yeah. they made it happen without all the other stuff. So um, we now have all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good too, but um, so yeah, so I started. Um, the board just began. We didn't have committees. There was about five friends that got together that you know got it done, and whatever was on the list, they didn't get done. It just didn't get done, mm-hmm. and that was it. Was all wonderful and good, and we and then we started with the board. We started. We were a nonprofit within a year. We were umbrellaed under women in their work. So whenever you donated. We were just umbrella under them, and um, okay, yeah. So I mean, it, it was it worked and it was great. But to grow any more, do anything more, we had to do our own. We had to be our own entity, and and mm. we are obviously, and we're and became that. Bill Jeffers, one of the founders, was key and instrumental in making all that happen for us and stuff. So, so yeah. So we beca- I got on the board. I started doing the, working with the annual show and an open studio, and loved every every part of that. Our executive director became Bill Jeffers, like I said, one of our founders, and he was there for a couple of years and then decided to retire. And the board asked me to be executive director. So that was interesting transition. I, I am kind of a um, support kind of person. I mean, I, versus, you know, I like to raise people up and put them there and put them in the forefront. And now all of a sudden, that's where I am. So. Nice. <laughs> We evolved and um, have grown, obviously, since then and, and many other ways. And now a significantly larger amount of money from the city that we receive mm. and um, founders and stuff. So, And then our programs have evolved so much further than just an annual show for our artists um, as far as income, but also as far as enrichment and community. We have evolved and grown in those aspects, too. So yeah. uh, as I understand, the artists get more than 50% and all the uh, revenue generated from their artwork, right? Right, right. Well, actually, um, all the original artwork is 95%. Okay, nice. Yeah, so That's really good. Of when we do sales, like when we went to in February and stuff, when we do original art sales, 95% of that, the annual show is 95%. Um, the only adjustment is the online prints is a 60% for the artist. Okay. Um, yeah, because there's just a, some more um, costs involved in, in ha- making all that happen. And of course, no artist is required to be online. They are aware of all of the restrictions we have as far mm. as printing and because um, we work through an, a fulfillment company. We don't do any of that locally. So. Mm. But yeah, so that's it. So 95%. And um, I, I love that number. Yeah, really. It's really neat to hear the whole transition from start to finish of a nonprofit because usually we, our guests, sometimes aren't at the initial original start of a nonprofit. And so you being in the beginning, the nitty gritty part of it, and then seeing it into full fruition is pretty cool to see. No, I I agree. I mean, there were a lot of dreams in those first meetings. And I, I remember looking across, you know, the desk and, you know, we had five or six, seven people there maybe. And I'm just thinking in my brain, there's no reason we can't do everything you want to do. 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I just mm. there. I'm just in my brain like, yeah, you just want to you want to look at everybody. Of course, it's going to take time and money and whatever. But you want to look at them and go, yes, yes, yes. And yes, let's do all of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these are things that are tangible that we can we it can happen. We should do this. Why not? Let's go. We were doing a mini series on how to start a nonprofit, and we haven't released that yet, but it would be uh, pretty cool to see that. Put the pressure back on me. I haven't worked on that in two years. (laughs) Yeah, this reminded me of it because we literally took us through the whole entire process. So it was basically what we wanted to do is what you did. Yeah. Yeah. If your passion is there and your heart is there and you're understanding the need is there, and you make it work, period. I mean, just go, do it. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, uh, the, the need is helping out the homeless here in Austin. As I've been uh, learning lately, it's actually people experiencing homelessness is the right term. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I've been uh, paying much more attention to that in the local news. Mm-hmm. So how does Art from the Streets, other than the 95% to 60% profits uh, going to the artists, how does uh, Art from the Streets help out the homeless here in Austin? I know you have a studio space. Like what's a day in their life as the uh, executive director, like helping out the people experiencing homelessness here? Right. So, I mean, we certainly have the annual shows and have five to seven shows of art normally in, in, in normal times for the artist. And that is a whole entity in itself. But Open Studio is four days a week normally. And that's where we get to have that interaction And truly, it's the heart and soul and the community of our organization. And I'm missing that a lot right now because of the Mm. pandemic. And then we also have created more programs within, and and, you know, one of which is a mural program. And we've done a mural and we've been contracted to do a couple more. Obviously, that's been on hold this year a little bit, but we'll expand that and keep going with that. And then we also have a great enrichment program that we've started the last couple years where we go and take our artists kind of on a quote-unquote field trip and um, we reach out to local museums and galleries and do tours and it's very inspiring it gives everybody kind of inspiration to create something similar I think anything that anybody loves or is engaged with you go and look at it and it inspires you as, as a person so we've loved you know so many of those pieces that we've been able to implement and to grow our program of course the website and being online is crucial right now mm-hmm. um, because it's it's all we got so that yeah. is a crucial piece to, to who we are and what we're doing right now and how we're getting, you know, sales and mo- some money, some modest income to the artists that participate with that. But the day in the life is for sure uh, under normal circumstances is being in that open studio. And that is the community that we've created, the volunteers that we have and the artists that participate and you become family you know you have mm-hmm. good days you have bad days you have laughter you have tears there's the whole gamut of a, as any family would have and that right now is what we're all missing we, we meet with our volunteers on zoom calls once a month and you know that is the first question out of everybody's mouths is where is everybody how are they doing who mm-hmm. haven't we connected with how do we get there how do we find them and so on. And, and it's truly just like any any other family community. We want to know how they're doing. We want to help them. We want, to, we want them to succeed. So how has COVID-19 affected art from the streets? I yeah. know that the homeless population here in Austin uh, are in the best situation during this pandemic. 
And I know that the volunteers and yourself need to stay away from people because it's the best thing to do at this moment. So how does Art from the Streets, how have you guys been since all this happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's struggle. We're struggling for sure. We, our last time in open studio was mid-March. I, I don't foresee us having an open studio for the rest of the year. I mean, I just don't, I, the data is not showing since we partner with two other organizations that I don't think they'll be opening up this year at all. So Uh that's a struggle for us. We, of course, the ones that are directly on the streets, it's a struggle to communicate with them. Yeah. I was going to ask how that, how you communicate with them. Hard. Some of them have phones and keep up with that and that, but that comes and goes depending on if they plug it in. The libraries are closed where they would have communication mm. or via email. Many of the centers like Trinity and Arch and Caritas are, are feeding people, but just at their door, they're not allowing them to come inside yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, and then with the city being shut down for a period of time, it's struggling to get, you know, a driver's license or any type of like... Mm paperwork through so for sure those that we don't get to connect with as much as we want to it's been hard and it's hard for us to be watching it happen and feeling like we got nothing our hands are tied and i i we're not the only ones there's many other nonprofits that are having the same having the same feelings but after we've been you know, go, go through it a bit. We, we sit down and we brainstorm often with our team, with our open studio team and our organization about, okay, what do we do? How do we help with what we have and what our mission is and stuff? So we are, like I mentioned, have done call-ins for our artists. So every week we have a list of artists that we call that we can communicate with and we're excited to hear their voice and they're excited to hear our voice. <laughs> and I have to say, there's a lot of things going on in our world and, um, but every time we speak to them, everybody's in a happy and fun mood. They want to talk, they want to have a conversation. I've talked for half an hour for a couple, with a couple of them in the last month or two. Oh. So it gives me hope. <laughs> All the things that are going on in our world that are not so nice right now, that they still have hope and humor right now. So that's exciting. We have some that are certainly dealing with isolation and mental oh, yeah. issues and And I think we all are dealing with that at some point in some level, and that's hard. So, And then we've um, also brainstormed into creating art kits right now. Art kits, okay. Yes, put together a lot of supplies that we have on hand that we had purchased and put together kits and mailed out about 35 to artists that we have. They're in um, some sort of supportive housing or have an address that can receive these kind of kits. So that was mailed out this last month and we're we're asking them to they've been given a book to create in they were given inspiration they were given supplies and then we're asked them to mail that back to us with a postage paid envelope and we hope to be able to um, sell those online as collections of artists work so we'll see i mean i you know, it just came out. We're just waiting for one to come back. (laughs) That's what we've been doing with that piece. And then we also have a whole storage of artwork from last year. We just had a show. And I think the 1st of August, it looks like we're going to have an online original art show, virtual show. Oh, cool. Cool. And we pulled about 150 pieces. We're photographing and uploading them onto a platform and we'll have a show to be able to sell that work and ship and be able to mail that to people here in, in the area or, you know, outside this, and this will be the 95% sales art. So it'll be original oh, pieces. Okay. Prints, awesome. Prints are fun, but everybody wants the real stuff. And I, I yeah, for sure. 
And then we've also recently partnered with a couple other organizations, um, Integral Care and the FIT program, which is Families in Transition. So it's families that are homeless right now and created these art kits, another 150 art kits for this organization. So yeah, it's we're, we're in assembly line <laughs> organization right now, which is not where we want to be permanently, but we feel like it's, it's really filling a need right now. And the people that are living in isolation or are living and staying in their homes and staying safe, that they have something to participate because, you know, art, art is something different for everyone. And it is mm. a therapeutic piece that does help people through times that, you know, are hard. Do you have any examples of how art has helped some of the artists uh, go through or express and uh, deal with what they're going through? Right. Well, I have some examples for sure. We have an artist that um, his parents, both he was a caretaker for his parents and they died within a year of each other. And um, he ended up being on the streets because of his depression. He came to the Trinity Center for services and was invited to come and paint and create. And and he goes, I'm not an artist. And and we're like, it's okay. Sometimes you just need to sit there and and paint your hurt, paint your pain, Mm -hmm. paint your happiness, just kind of get through things in that form. And he was able to make a difference and, and get through you know, some hardships. And, you know, I think part of it is the painting, part of it's our community and just having someone supportive when you have such a community loss or a family loss that's so all-encompassing. You look and you work to try to find that community again. And um, we provide that for so many. And I don't think sometimes we realize it. We just do it and we just are. And I think that's wonderful. So yeah, we have we have a lot that love to create with us. Of course, now we're every time we chat, chat with them on the phone, it's just we, we miss them and they and they miss being in our program. And, and I have three or four. When are we coming back? Yeah, art can be so therapeutic too. And it can really help you express and find out things that you don't even know that you're feeling until you put it onto the Mm -hmm. canvas. Right. It's a wide range too. You know, it's painting, it's journaling. Um, You know, everybody deals with grief or deals with hurt or deals with happiness all in different ways. And um, I think we're just a piece of that, but I think it's a very important piece of making it through life. Agreed. I personally am a, I'm not that dexterous, so I never really got into art, but I do love creative writing. There's drawing, there's painting, there's writing, there's printmaking, there's photography. Some of the pieces with the enrichment pieces we've done, just getting yourself immersed in a gallery and getting, just being a part of something bigger than you and, and is inspiring. And it kind of, you absorb in different, of different things. I mean, I'm not a real big um, abstract art lover. I, I want it to look like something. Mm. The creation looked something like a tree. But I find myself going into these places and these spaces with the contemporary and contemporary exhibits and just being inspired by different aspects of it. And I think that's that's a great therapeutic piece also. And especially people yeah. experiencing homelessness, it's great to have community where you can express yourself and feel comfortable too and feel mm-hmm. that you're in a safe space. I, I totally agree. And and we have some artists that have bad days and you just kind of, you know, they go, oh gosh, are you going to kick me out? We're like, no, just, just go and come back tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. It'll be better tomorrow. Just like anybody, <laughs> just mm-hmm. like any family. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
And they experience things that people that are not experiencing homelessness don't know. And so they are experiencing a lot more and have a lot more yes. on their plates than than I do or Kyle or and we I do. We have to we have to remind ourselves that, you know, oh this person was acting out, this person was when there's a piano in the room, they're playing the piano, they're not allowed, you know, and stuff and I said, I know, but we don't know what that day's been like. So as long as they don't come back and play the piano tomorrow, it's, it's okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have a clue. You try and you absorb and you listen and you're, you're quiet and pay attention. But I just, I've never been homeless, so I, there's no way I'm ever going to completely get it. And that's okay. I don't think we're all supposed to understand it at all. <laughs> I just think we need to have awareness and be quiet and listen. Everyone shouldn't have to understand each other. It's just celebrating the differences. And enjoy the differences because that makes, if we were all the same, that's not fun. (laughs) One question I had that I emailed you about earlier, we brought this up in one of our previous interviews with people experiencing homelessness advocates. Uh, His name is Pat Tomer. He lives in Austin, but he's originally from Central America. And he did a a documentary about it. So he spoke to him about it. And so one thing that, I think uh, is on everybody's mind is what are some misconceptions that people have of the homelessness or people experiencing homelessness here in Austin? And what are some ways people can help out every day? Well, I mean, I think we've all heard and, or listened to or have read, you know, the, the whole get a job, mm-hmm. buck up, yeah. just get over it mm-hmm. and, and go to work because that fixes everything. And, um, I do believe, though, our nation and our city especially has has evolved in the last 10 years with some of these misconceptions. I think some of the the recent, you know, um, restrictions that have been uplifted have really brought a lot of issues of homelessness to the forefront and kind of um, to in front of everybody's face a little bit. And and it uh, makes very many people be very uncomfortable. Um, and I think it makes people be very sad about what's going on, um, with people experiencing homelessness. I think it makes them mad that, um, this is going on and that this is, um, where people are. I I think they, a lot of people don't understand and I don't think we all fully understand, but I think, um, people are, are changing and evolving and educating themselves as to how this could potentially happen to someone. Um, I think awareness of our mental and health issues have been to the mm-hmm. forefront in our nation and our city. And um, people are, are listening, people are educating, and I think mm-hmm. people are paying attention um, to how this could happen. It's not just about going and getting a job and that's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. That's not it. <laughs> Housing mm-hmm. is only a piece and a part of what's going on in our community, of course. And the mental health and, you know, just the people that are on the streets have lost something. They have a catastrophic mm-hmm. loss of family, of community, of um, mental health. And um, they, ha- they don't have that community to lift them up and so and to help them through. So I think that's that's some of our misconceptions. But I do think we are evolving into a better place of understanding. Now, is it all fixed and it's all going to be done and the house is going to end it all? No, it's not. But I do see us moving in a forward direction. That's exciting to me. And I think education is key and is first Mm -hmm. um, for all of us to figure out and understand in some way of how 
your neighbor, your friend, your cousin could potentially be homeless in some form. Um, and homelessness is meaning you don't have a house with your mailing address. So you could be mm. living on a couch in a car in a storage unit. That's still homelessness. So there's a lot of questions out there on how to make that adjustment, how to make that change and what to do. How um, do people experiencing homelessness, can they vote? I don't, unless I have a mailing address. I think that's what you have. Do you have to have oh, a mailing really? address? Uh, and I think you have to have a driver's license. And if you're homeless, you can have a mailing address, which the Trinity Center provides a P.O. box for you. <laughs> and cool. Yes, that's my understanding is yes. The people that are experiencing homelessness don't have a voice sometimes to change what's going on. Right. In their own world, right? Yeah, I think um, during the, the no camp rules that went on, you know, last year and something, I, I believe a lot of the town hall meetings, um, a lot of people participated in those that are experiencing homelessness. And it's good conversation. And I think they need to be more involved with what's being adjusted and worked through for them. It's hard. It's a hard conversation. It's, there's no, you know, there's not one stop shopping for every person. And I, and I think that's what sometimes makes it hard. It's just not one, okay, we're going to funnel you all into all the old hotels and that's mm. going to, that's going to fix it. I mean, that's not all of it. <laughs> And I think, yeah. you know, Art from the Streets itself is, is a community piece. I mean, I've always said when, when you move, you, if you move to another town, another city, another area, you would go find places that you enjoy and have interest and plug into the community to meet people, to find people, to connect with people, your church, your gym, your hiking club, your camping club, you know, whatever it is, or your kids or what have you. And um, when, you, when you go into housing and you're moved from the community on the streets, not positive maybe, or, but it is still your community, and then you're moved to you know, a hotel or an apartment or wherever, and you have to start that again, it takes a lot. It takes a mm-hmm. lot of self-assurance and reliance to, to figure out, okay, what do I like to do? What are my options? Mm-hmm. How do I plug into a positive community? to be able to work through what I have to, as well as get to my doctor's appointments and get to my assessment appointments and my counseling appointments. I mean, it's, it's a huge thing when all, when you've been doing nothing but surviving on the streets. And then all of a sudden I've heard so many say how hard it is to be back in some sort of community like that. Mm-hmm. It's a transition. It's not just, that's the answer and good luck rock on it's so much more to it after that. So, and, and that's really where art from the streets plugs in is that, that community. They've done a lot of studies with the city about the cycle of homelessness and that if mm-hmm. they're not plugged in and they don't find that, that piece to, to give them joy and it's not necessarily art, it could be anything. A lot of times they go back on the streets because that's where their community is. So um, we oh, try to plug in and be sure that if you have that creative outlet or that need or that want or that interest that you come in and come to be a part of this positive community and in hopes that that will, will give you some inspiration to do what's the next pieces that you need to do. It's fascinating that some people will go back because yeah. it's yeah. like the biggest driving factor in human motivation is pretty much fitting in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes, yeah, it totally makes sense. Like why people will be like, well, I, got all these basic necessities but is it really for me yeah. i can tell you see people thinking that mm-hmm. or, or where are my friends, Your friends yeah or where are my friends yeah yeah my friends are on the streets and you know living on the streets is hard and you go through some hard 
instances and you really um, get become better friends going through hard times. I mean, everybody does in some form, mm -hmm. in some way, but you're going through hard times. You really create that bond as, mm -hmm. as people going through tough times together. And yeah. um, you're removed from that. You have to kind of start over. And that's hard. That's hard for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think education is key right now. I, I truly believe that in my heart. I think if you have a question, you, you're not sure, you don't understand, you need to go You need to go find those answers and you need to go understand where people that are experiencing homeless are and understand. And I think we have that so much when we have volunteers visit and work with us. And then, you know, our art show that we have every year, I mean, we have about 1,500 to 2,000 people that come to that. Wow. It changes people's perception and i think that's one thing we do also um you come in wondering okay what is it going to feel like what's it going to look like everybody has a preconceived idea of what homelessness is mm -hmm. what it looks like what it smells like everything and i think when we have the art show and they come and they look at this beautiful pieces and they connect with an artist one of them i think they walk away with a wonderful story and I think they're changed. I truly believe everyone that walks out that is, has really made the effort to communicate and have a conversation walks away with a different perception of what homelessness looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's key to change. People sometimes are afraid of the unfamiliar or they, they try to avoid right. it. And right. with your art shows, you're giving people exposure to understand. And that's... Mm -hmm really what's needed yeah and i think you know we do all these things and i think this just it's just a, a a side note that we do and we don't we don't like set out to make that happen it mm. just does and to me that's pretty beautiful it just happens i don't have to manipulate it i don't have to make sure i don't have to logistically try to get it all to go right it's mm. just human nature and it just happens and it's just it's mind-blowing sometimes of the conversations we had we had an um a patron come in and her father had recently passed away and one of our artists um created a Stevie wonder painting it was an enormous mm -hmm. painting and she was just blown away in tears because it did have that connection with my father and my life and this mm -hmm. artist now and this painting and of course he had a, a price on it and she said that's not enough i'm going to give you more oh so that's cool so i mean wow, that, is... that stuff happens all the time during these shows it's this human connection it's this aha moments it's this these people are, are are working through their own stuff connecting with our artists who are human working through their own stuff and you just have this community that you just you're just mind blown human nature is beautiful the compassion there that, that that's like one of the goals of the show is to uh, highlight compassionate people and promote it with different causes in, in the city of austin yeah, that that was um, and he was in tears and she was in tears and it was it was beautiful it was beautiful and um, she connected and she will um, we took pictures and um, our our artist was Larry Williams is what his name and um, he goes and I have had that painting for years and it's never sold I said because it was waiting wow. for her oh <laughs> wow the time is now what everyone's been waiting for okay so. <laughs> <laughs> if art from the streets was a superhero, 
what superhero would they be and what superpower would they have? Well, I, I appreciate this question. I have had to dig deep to figure out exactly where art from the streets would, would be. I'm going to go with the Avengers. Mm. As I did some research, because I'm not a superhero follower, I loved all of their powers of good and heroes of good. They're called the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And I feel like our organization and our volunteers and the people that have the passion to work with this program are our mightiest heroes. Me being part of that, but only a team part of that, um, it takes so much more to make happen and, and to do the community work that we do. And it, it, takes, it takes a village. It takes a team. And, mm-hmm. um, and then our powers are empathy, compassion, love, mm-hmm. patience, and, and hope for the future. So, right. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. We haven't had the Avengers before. So I don't think we've ever had the Avengers either. This is Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, as an organization, it's not just one team member mm. that does it all. You know, it's not we don't have a I mean, we have supermen and superwomen and, you know, all the pieces, but to make it all come together, it's more than just one. It's a group. Mm-hmm. It's For a group sure. That makes Definitely. it happen. And I, I, I agree I'm part of that group, but I, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we yeah. have five committees and we have leads and we have 15 board members and we have 150 volunteers. I mean, these all, every, every one of us makes the organization happen. And, and we are nothing without our mighty heroes. To learn more about Art from the Streets, check out artfromthestreets.org. You can also stay in the know on social media at facebook.com slash artfromthestreets. Follow them on Twitter at AFTS, that's all capital letters, and see all their wonderful artwork over on Instagram at artfromthestreetsaustin. Are you an Austinite looking for a cause to support? Then you've come to the right place. Be sure to check out our website at everydaysuperhumans.show to learn more about the many great causes you can be a part of right here in the capital of Texas. You can also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and support the show by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your... Welcome to Everyday Superhumans. Ah, goodness.